0: I literally pictured myself as a squirrel if you look at squirrels they're just constantly like where's the next nut? where's the next nut? where's the next nut?" and that's really like the identity that i took on for a very long time yeah. healthy or unhealthy i don't know but it got me to where i am now yeah and i just became a collector of money <laughs> oh my gosh i love that so much and i love that
1: you really did have that self-trust because being in like a cult religion they don't exactly tell you like trust yourself like you're the one that you can rely on it's not that way at all hello beautiful souls you are going to love today's episode if you want your story to sound like so many of the guests on this show, then you've probably realized that healing your relationship with money is a key piece of the puzzle. Don't worry. I've got you. Head to moneymoonquiz.com and answer six quick questions to learn which money wounds are blocking you. And I'll send you an email with a link to a money healing masterclass for free. No more waiting go take the quiz now. Hello, welcome back to the M Makes Money show. You guys, today was today's last day of second grade. Where has the time gone? I got a little misty-eyed, not going to lie. There was like a little school assembly this morning where the principal spoke to each grade and just like seeing the fifth graders getting promoted and knowing they're going off to middle school. Like I don't even know any of the fifth graders at the school and I was tearing up. I just, there is a soft spot in my heart for all of these milestone moments and how much it means. And the fifth graders sang 50 Nifty United States. And I'm like, I still know the words to that now and 30 some odd years later. And it's just wild to think that like they are learning things now that they will legitimately still remember into adulthood and just all of these beautiful humans and what an incredible experience they've had in elementary school and how having this community and family surrounding them, like it just, the whole thing was hitting me right in the feels. I've got an amazing interview for you guys today. You are absolutely going to love Sabrina Victoria, who is the guest on the show. You're going to hear her talk about building a garbage picking empire leaving a cult religion, being a single mom, leaving a an abusive marriage and building a really successful online business. It's one heck of a story. It was super inspiring to me as well. And I'm just so grateful that this show has allowed me to connect with so many amazing humans and I just Thank you. Thank you. So, Serena Victoria, we're talking struggling single mom, escaping a 13-year abusive relationship, and now she is the creator and CEO of Human Better 365, which is a human transformation company. She's the creator of Sober Society, Her Nation Communities, and she is the host of the Her Talk Show. You are going to love Sabrina, her story, her vibe, her authenticity. So without further ado, let us jump into the show. Hello, welcome back to the show. I am joined by Sabrina Victoria. Sabrina, thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited. Anyone who's watching on YouTube can see that Sabrina's got like the pool in the background. She's in like vibey Boca Raton. Living her best life. We have Western girls that move to warmer places, chasing the sunshine. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. I love going back to Michigan to visit and really glad to not live there anymore. (laughs) And become soft on purpose. Same, same. Yeah. Awesome, I'm super excited to dive in and just learn more about you and your business. You have an incredible community that you've built of 1,700 women. Yeah. That are committed to being curious about doing better and humaning better. So tell me a little
0: bit about that. Yeah, I think that there's not enough emphasis on this fact that we're human. I think that there are people that are plain small. They're not living up to the potential of what they could be living up to i remember probably five years ago i heard that whole analogy of the sperm and the egg and the sperm that won was the champion over like millions of sperm that is how much of a champion we are we like went through all of the things and the twists and the turns and the muck and the guck and the and we're running and we're running and we're running towards the egg and the sperm that got to the egg was the motherfucking winner <laughs> you know what i mean I, when I heard that, I was like, what are we doing? There's so many people that have so much potential and dreams and desires and things that they want to do, and they're just playing small. So everything that I do is just based around taking that word human and turning it into a verb and saying, why are we not humaning better? Why do you think people aren't humaning better? limiting beliefs, society, family. When you grow up in a certain environment, you cap yourself off sometimes. Yeah. And even just like the context
1: that you just put this conversation into, what a miracle it is that we're here. We forget that. And we can just go through the motions and just be phoning it in a little bit with life. So it is so nice to be surrounded by other people that help remind us like what a gift this one lifetime is. And Sometimes I don't like saying, are we making the most of it? Cause that can feel a little bit like lack. We've got this limited time and it's running out. And what are you doing with it? But there is the other side of it, which is just, it's a freaking miracle. And do you feel like you're taking full advantage of the miracle or in your heart of hearts and your truth of truths, is there something more that you'd love to be doing and you're just not?
0: Yeah. When I heard this whole toxic positivity that kind of came to bay four or five years ago. I was a little disheartened by it because I think, yes, yes, toxic positivity. And I think some people are using that as an excuse to not really give themselves an oomph up, to really pivot their world, to pivot their thinking, to rise. And I think that it's unfortunate that they're just hanging out in the valley and refusing to see life a little bit differently and start to climb that mountain. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, have you always been an entrepreneur or did you start with the community and then it turned into a full-time thing? I'm so curious. That's an interesting
0: question. I'm going to say, yes, I have always been an entrepreneur. However, my journey didn't start until probably about 10 years ago. I'm going to be 41 in August. So, a little bit about me. I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. So, I always say I've been knocking on doors, hawking, selling since I was five. talking religion. And yeah, my parents were converted the old school way. Somebody literally came and knocked on their door for real. And our entire family converted into being a Jehovah's Witness. And everything was fine until I turned 20. I wound up getting pregnant mysteriously with no husband. And that was the turning point for my entire life. I lost everything in that moment within about 72 hours of me announcing I was pregnant and I was going to keep my baby my entire family and my entire community everything that i had ever known it just dropped me like a hot potato and i let a stereotypical single mom just broke ass life i was totally naive to how to function as an adult function as a human and i floundered around for a really long time as a single mom digging in my couch cushions for 25 cents to put gas in my car getting report out of the parking lot eviction notices on my apartment door every other month In the bathroom every single night crying my eyes out wanting to commit suicide but being too chicken to do it and real thoughts of just not being nice to my baby wanting to give him up wanting to leave him at the fire station wanting to throw him out the window i'm dealing with postpartum i'm dealing with all the things that go hand in hand with being a single mom and having no money and being totally hopeless and i don't know i did that for two years i don't know how i did it and then i met a guy and that guy had money and he also had a lot of red flags stapled all over his body (laughs) (laughs) and i ignored all the red flags just totally naive to the world and to men and i fell for all the stuff i quit my job i started working for his company i moved out of my place and moved in with him and he's like all you have to do is just take care of the house and we're going to build an empire together and he didn't let me know that he was going to be paying me 200 dollars a week to work 14 hours a day to build this empire together nothing was in my name again just totally naive and eight years later mental and emotional abuse sexual abuse and i have no money so financial abuse everything was in his name including my car my phone my computer <laughs> everything all i had was my clothes and my son that's it at the at the end of the story so I'm one day I'm eight years in I'm living in a huge house we have five houses 12 cars zero debt we have offices all over the place I'm working my ass off and I'm miserable I have no control I have no power I have no voice I'm literally low-key a prisoner and I I'm having a total just breakdown in the bathroom and I pull out my phone I always say google saved my life I googled why is my boyfriend bullying me because mm-hmm. i didn't any other vernacular other than he's being a bully he's mean. yeah and the whole world of just toxic relationships and narcissism and empathy and codependency just hit me right in the face and not only did i recognize yes there's a whole lot wrong with him but also there was a shit ton wrong with me so i dove headfirst into personal development learning how to human better and i opened up three secret online businesses I opened up a secret bank account I started just working my ass off I was getting three hours of sleep running his businesses my businesses and trying to be low-key trophy wife and mother of the year and over the course of four years I saved 50 grand I have no idea how I did that again Mm -hmm. there were so many trials and tribulations that I went through in order to just get that money and I felt like a millionaire and just one random day i left i took my son our clothes and my bicycle i left everything else behind i started all over again with a mattress on the floor wow and everything that i do now revolves around community it's the one thing that i didn't have i believe that the situation that i was in was so unnecessary for me to go through for as long as i did and yeah. it was just a lack of community it was a lack of being able to say hey emily i'm having this issue what do you think just not yeah. in that yeah yeah
1: and isn't that one of
0: the sort of
1: red flags when you're in an abusive relationship as well is that often the partner does try to disconnect you from anything that would be like community maybe you didn't have it anyway so you were like the perfect yeah the perfect
0: target i guess so to speak anyway yeah and that's what they go after they go after people who are not connected. They go after yeah. them they Don't have friends who are missing yeah. some bad and
1: desperate. Like
0: you needed money desperate. and it's for that to be a
1: sort of a tool of manipulation right away. You choose me, you get the money,
0: except yeah. you don't really get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's all of a facade. it got me to where I am. And I look back sometimes and there was a long time where there was a lot of woe is me, a lot of victimhood uh, stories in my past and i look back now and honestly i'm so grateful for everything that i I had gone through it's a true testament of perseverance and resilience and i would not be where i am now mentally emotionally financially if it wasn't for that relationship or my entire story actually yeah i believe that and first of all thank you
1: for sharing that so openly because it it gives us so much just understanding of you and what you've been through and i'm sure that everyone listening can relate to at least one piece of this and i'm curious i suspect that there were some limiting beliefs around money i don't know maybe that it's going to abandon me just like other people have just left one day or that I can't make too much of it because I might be a bad person or a manipulative person since money was this tool of manipulation. Can you just share, like, what were some of the just weird stuff dancing around in your mind about money that you had to work through?
0: Yeah, all of that. One of the biggest things that I have come to realize is right around when I was probably 14 or 15 years old, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, like I said, and my sister and I were, and I'll never forget this. And it's so crazy because the person who said this probably doesn't even remember this moment, but it has stuck with me all of these years. But I was young with my sister and I were watching like some music award show, and like Beyonce or Janet Jackson or somebody of that sort was on the TV dancing. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's so cool and she was wearing this outfit and I was like I want an outfit like that or something like that and my dad goes that woman had to sell her soul to the devil get to where she is and I never forgot that and then you fast forward into my abusive abusive relationship and the money that came along with that and I associated that man without even recognizing the story at that time I associated him as the devil like, yeah low key in my head i'm like i'm literally living with the devil it was wow. manipulative and that covert and then fast forward all of this these thoughts around money is the devil money is connected right. to your bad people and then you topple that with the limiting beliefs that my abuser put on me as far as that i can't do it on my own and i'm incapable and i have no college education and i've lived in the ghetto i'm a single mom no one's going to want me and these thoughts of or these actual words of within six months of leaving me you're going to end up living in the back of a dumpster in a cardboard box having pennies to your name because i left with with a good chunk of money and he was just like you're going to go through that so fast you're never going to find a job and you're going to be calling me in six months behind a dumpster and really believing that really believing that so much so that While I'm working my business after I left him, I, for probably about two years, would leave my house at 10.30 every single night. And I live in Boca Raton in a very upscale area. And I would garbage pick from 10.30 at night till two in the morning, days a week. And I would do rounds in my little shitty van And I would drive around and I'd pick up people's garbage for hours and hours I'd go back to my house I'd unload it all into the garage and I would go back out and I'd shove more stuff and in the passenger seat I'd strap it to the top and then during the day while my son was in school I would list I would meet people at my house I was still building my online businesses I was doing podcasting and even though my business was paying the bills right barely because i'm a new new into the industry i'm still figuring out my own stuff still having that fear of lack of not enough of i'm gonna lose of i'm gonna end up back with him i'm gonna have all this stuff i didn't want that to happen so my i call it sourcing my garbage picking was pulling me in consistently between two to four thousand dollars every single month I was running it like an actual business out of my garage between offer up and eBay and so I had my online clients that I'm coaching at that point I was doing narcissistic abuse and then on the back end I was becoming this like retail merchandiser of sorts wow flipping garbage yeah wow
1: I'm just like in awe of your work ethic. And and I get I suspect as you've become more successful and like money has felt safer, that there probably was like some undoing of that. Yeah. patterning your nervous system that like it's okay to take a break and that it's safe to relax. Yeah. Because it sounds like you were just like
0: in go mode because it just felt like survival no matter survival. what. Yeah, survival and just not wanting to ever have to go back to that, not wanting to ever have to rely on somebody. Yeah. Because, like you said, you called it right there, you know, wh- the limiting belief of people leaving. Yeah. So, yeah. who can I trust? And yeah. I, knew I could trust myself. Grant Cardone, I don't know if you follow him at all, but he said this one thing that stuck with me probably eight years ago, I heard this something of the sort of you got to go all in on yourself to trust your own ability to be able to work yeah that's what i really did when i heard that it hit me so hard because i have work ethic that's like the one thing that i have right it's like college degree don't have that stability don't have that moving from house to house and not knowing where my money's going to come from and all of this stuff is just a constant feeling of unstability but the one thing that i do have is my ability to be able to count on myself and my own work ethic and when he said that like yes over and over again and i went all in on myself and became i joke but like i became like a collector of money but like what do you Mm -hmm. collect i motherfucking collect money (laughs) i literally pictured myself as a squirrel If you look at squirrels, they're just constantly like, where's the next knot? Where's the next knot? Where's the next knot? And that's really like the identity that I took on for a very long time. Healthy or unhealthy, I don't know, but it got me to where I am now. And I just became a collector of money. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: I love that so much. And I love that you really did have that self-trust because being in like a cult religion, they don't exactly tell you like, Trust yourself like you're the one that you can rely on. It's not that way at all. It's trust us. Listen to us. If you have an inner voice that says something different, you're wrong (laughs) and we're right. And then to be in a relationship with a narcissist, also not conducive for self-trust. So I love that there was just this part of you that was like, you know what? No, no matter what, like I've got my own back and I'm going to do this. I'm going to become a fabulous money collector <laughs> yes girl <laughs> oh my gosh i love that okay so let's fast forward let's talk about this money
0: collection like where are you at now girl how's the yeah. money collection going you know what one of the things that i talk about i was just talking to my community about this last monday and one of the things i started doing back in 2017 is bi-weekly no more than monthly do I go without sitting down and counting all of my money I don't think there's enough people low-key women doing that so much so where literally everything so I'll go through my nightstand my clothes anywhere all the pennies and I literally sit down and I write down all of the money in all of my bank accounts all the money I have cash on hand pennies included all the money in gift cards all the money in my stocks my my credit card all everything every single never ever go more than a month since 2017 and just watching the money flow 2020 hit me yeah so there was a shallow a little valley there that i went through also but i was always cognizant of it i was always aware of it and really being able to track it yeah. has been the catalyst for how i've gotten as far as i've gotten i'm mm. always watching it yeah we lose track of it we don't even pay attention we don't know what's going out we don't know what's coming in yeah i don't necessarily track as much how much is going out because to me it's my responsibility to make more and if i'm getting to a point where there's a lull It's not about what I'm spending. I'm very conservative in general, just naturally. I'm a very conservative person, probably because of my story. But to me, if there's a lull, then you have to make more, not save. Mm -hmm. That's my mentality. Yeah.
1: No, I love everything that you're saying. I do a lot of money healing work with my clients as well. And there are a pretty decent chunk of humans, especially women, that have an avoidant relationship with money. And so it's, yeah, just having some sort of relationship with it having some sort of finger on the pulse and then doing like the deep work to walk yourself through that so that like there's a reason you're avoiding it it's because you feel the pit in your stomach or you feel your nervous system reacting in some way and those are just clues actually for us to recognize like where and why it's feeling unsafe and create some new tools so that we can be in this safe relationship with money so i think that's really beautiful and just for context and also transparency which is one of the kind of tenants of this show how much
0: money do you make now just under six figures i haven't hit six yet amazing wow yeah
1: wow that's so beautiful like just knowing where you came from and where you're at. And I don't follow all the statistics anymore to know what percentage of women are even making six figures. To be close, like you've gotta at least be top 25% probably of wide income
0: earners. (laughs) I think the last statistic that I saw was 32%. 32%, I don't know if that's comparing men and women, But I saw something with 32% of women make over six figures, but I don't know if that was in comparison to men or comparison to women, so I probably shouldn't even...
1: Yeah, I don't know either. To me, like, that sounds a little... Not enough. It's (laughs) not high, but not high in terms, of course, we wanted to be more, but just... Who knows, maybe we'll look it up. I'll report back on the next yeah. show. But yeah, that's awesome. And I always find like the milestone numbers are interesting because we usually make a lot of meaning
0: out of them. Let we'll, me go on bad, but- I almost hit it last year. No, I I was closer last year, but the first time I got close to it was 2021 and got closer to a 2022, but 2021 was a big deal for me because I, I was 90,000. And I couldn't even, I called my mom. I like, it was such a big deal. Yeah, it was such a big deal. I love that. And I love that you're like
1: talking about that with family. And I guess that you have a relationship with your mom. Because I know a lot of people who have left Jehovah's Witness and like still don't talk to their family, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a thing. We'll get back to the episode in just a second. But this is too good not to share. Did you know that when you leave a review for the podcast and then send it to hi at emilywilcox.com, you get a free month of Wealthy and Woo Club? This is my membership that takes you on a journey to building the bank account of your dreams. Doesn't matter your occupation or gender. If you're someone who wants more money in your personal bank account, Wealthy and Woo Club is where it's at. Just write a review for the show to get your first month free or join directly via the link in the show notes for just $7 per month.
0: Hoping 2022 would be the kicker, but nope. (laughs) Maybe
1: 2023 is (laughs) the Yeah, we'll see. But I can tell you're enjoying the journey. And to me, that's one of the most important things because we can hit the financial milestone and hate our lives as you've experienced, like you had the money, you had the multiple houses, you had the cars, you had yeah. the whole thing and looked good on paper, but it wasn't so enjoyable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's the whole thing. And I talk about that often, if it was about the money, I would have just stayed where I am. There's plenty of people that stay in abusive relationships. Yeah. I could have totally just turned myself off and been a robot and just and lived a really stable life. Yeah. With no money issues. We'd, we didn't have money issues.
1: I love that you chose the (laughs) other path and that you're even better because you're better for it. I have no doubt that your kiddo is seeing a whole new life modeled and these 1700 women that are in your community are better for it
0: as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, my son is stepping into entrepreneurship himself. He's 19 oh my gosh that's amazing he's got his website up and he talks to clients and he's networking and getting on the phones and selling so i love that i'm
1: i think kids have so many resources available to them now and they don't have the same limitations like when we were growing up i don't know i feel like when it the career fair sort of a thing like it felt like you had five choices yeah you can be a teacher or a doctor or and it was like an online uh, stewardess yeah it really felt like you were choosing from one one hand worth of choices and now kids are like oh yeah i know so and so who's a millionaire on youtube by playing video games and recording himself doing it and yeah you truly can make money doing absolutely anything. Yeah. And it's really cool that the younger generations are starting to figure that out and how to monetize their passion and just go for it and use technology and like leverage social media and all of these
0: ways to just build a business, build net worth much more quickly. Yeah, definitely. One thing that I talk about is as far as lack and individuals that kind of sit in that mindset is the stretching your ability to recognize the difference between six figures seven figures and eight figures it's just funny because they put them together yeah and they're like not close together and because it's like a six seven eight i think that sometimes gets in our head as far as lack because if somebody's making six then how am i supposed to be able to make six or seven but the (laughs) ridiculousness a gap in between the six and the seven and then the seven and the eight is stupid like you can't even comprehend it is one thing that i talk to my son a lot about is there's enough there's so much there's so many people and there's so much money it's out there ah it's out there and people love to spend money people love to spend it (laughs) that was one thing that i recognized when i was doing my my sourcing selling garbage is people love to spend money if you'd give me a second i love to tell this story about how i made so much money because people are like two to four thousand dollars that is such an exaggeration and Let's hear it. i would post on offer up off, but i would only post the big stuff so i would pull sometimes i'd pull like entire patio sets like a, just like a mm-hmm. table or chairs mm-hmm. and i'd post something like this for a low price so like maybe this would normally go for 500 at home depot i would price it for 100 bucks still in really good condition they just threw it out because it's got a little rust on it and so i i would post it for 150 they'd bring me down to 100 they show up what i would do is i'd open up my entire garage filled with shit that i didn't post but that was right. so somebody would come and they'd be like okay a hundred dollars for this and my goal when they were at my house was not to make the most amount of money per object my goal was to get the most amount of money from them because everything costed me zero it was just right. time or it was energy and it was gas that was it and pre-covid gas was reasonable yeah isn't like it is now the goal was just anything that i saw that they could that caught their eye anything so if i just saw them looking at anything i would just be like how much do you want it for and they'd be and i would lowball them to the point where they would be they would be insane if they did not right because it was just such a low price so someone would come to pay five dollars for a lamp or fifteen dollars for a nightstand and they would wind up leaving with an entire car full of shit for their apartment and i'd walk away with $80 $80 or $100 more than what they originally were coming from. As I could flip my merchandise every single night, every night I was going out and getting more. So it was just like, I need to empty out my entire garage. Yeah. And just get dollars, fives, tens, 15s from people because they're buying awesome things yeah. for nothing. And it's all because people love spending money. Yeah.
1: I'm a- obsessed with this story. Like the human psychology of it is, is amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. There was this one story that I love to tell about this what, this Haitian woman that we argued, she came to pick up one bag of clothes for $30. And so Haitians down here in, in Florida, they flip. So they send it to Haiti and they make they have shops in Haiti. So they buy from us and then they flip it over there so she came to buy thirty dollars i opened up my garage same as i always did and she's ah she's like in heaven she just starts pulling stuff off the shelves the pile was like an enormous pile of stuff and i always ask them first i say what do you want because you always let them work and she's like fifty dollars she came for a thirty dollar bag she added like ten times more to it she was fifty bucks and i go that was a really good try $500 is what I came back with and she's oh no anyways it was an hour negotiation this is what people don't do this is what white people don't do it was an hour negotiation back and forth she was getting mad she was like putting stuff back then taking stuff back then putting stuff back on shelves and putting stuff back on the pile we ended up at $350 for that it was two or three car trips she had to go back and forth shoving stuff into her car that's how much stuff she bought for $350 but then she came back like 12 more times wow over the course of a year sometimes yeah. bringing friends and family with her i made thousands of dollars off of this woman yeah just by being a negotiator recognizing what she was doing she had to make money too right so there was like a silent agreement of you need to make money i get that but also i need to make money right that silent agreement between two people but it goes to show that she knew I was giving her a good deal. Yeah, totally.
1: I so I just got back from Egypt and the negotiation culture there is very strong as well. And it is really fascinating, and especially coming from being raised in the United States, where it's like we don't really negotiate and if we do it's every once in a while and it's only on certain kinds of things and there's just a lot more identity i think wrapped up in it so it's like fascinating to be in a culture where our egyptologists kept telling us just tell them your price like you will not offend them Now and we started out thinking we were getting a good deal if we got 50% off whatever the first price was that they told us. And then as we got further into the trip, it's like, no, you got to get 80% off. Like they were just starting sky high. Yeah. And I was like, good for
0: them, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, totally. One hundred. But I think that's one of the issues It's just the lack. Of, everything is negotiable. People don't yeah. know that everything you can have a bargain with anybody you can negotiate with anybody and the the getting offended or not getting offended is stupid yeah money is money is
1: money yeah and as you're sharing all of this now when you're talking about like really counting your money and having this tactile relationship with it like i'm really seeing how all of the pieces of your story weave together because you were running a very cash-based business where there was just really a lot of a lot of your assets were tangible in yeah. hand in cash and yeah. so of course like it still feels important for you to be collecting all of the cash in your house and the quarters out of the couch cushions yeah. and like accounting for that yeah yeah oh, 100 That's beautiful yeah and i notice on your linkedin profile that like for the first i don't know if it's just for the first 30 days or if this is your ongoing rate but it's five dollars for a month in your community and i feel like that is that same psychology
0: where you're like i want people to feel like it would be stupid for them to not take this deal yeah that's exactly what it is 100 percent. and then low-key right low-key brag i'm awesome once they're there in there and the women that are within my community are just unbelievable and they get it right the concepts that i am teaching within the community as far as networking and i i I run a give get method of this concept of it's not about give take it's about give get because if you give you will automatically get you don't have to ask and that's really what i have used throughout my journey just in general is just showing up at a hundred percent giving back to my people to my community to my universe consistently and then what has happened just automatically because of the give and the law of reciprocity which all humans have the law of reciprocity within them is just an automatic cycle of gets yeah and when you're constantly sitting in a space of when i'm talking to emily Who can I connect her with? How can I help her? What can I give to her? How can I make her better? It will automatically come back, not necessarily from Emily, but from somebody who hears this, somebody who sees this, somebody who Emily knows, who's then referred back, will be the get. And that's what I really teach the community is the working together as a team in order to rise. So I really see us as a... I don't know if you have this, but like down here in Florida, we have this area. It's Delray beach. So yeah. it's like Atlantic Avenue, and there's all these shops down Atlantic Avenue, whether you want to agree with it or not, they all have a silent agreement with each other. So Starbucks is there. Starbucks has a silent agreement with all of these stores, whether they want to acknowledge it or not, that Starbucks is going to get people in their store. Yeah and while starbucks is doing all the things to get people in their store and they're running their deals and their specials and their christmas lattes and their pumpkin spice or whatever they're putting people on the street yep for all the other businesses to be able to shop and the purse store is doing the same thing the purse store is running their deals in order to get people into their shop so that once they're done there they see the starbucks across the way and then they buy money in starbucks and this is beautiful cycle and that's what i'm really teaching the community so yes we don't have a storefront but it's the same exact concept of when they're here you give and the cycle will just continue and you will get yeah
1: i i love what you're teaching and i love the way you're teaching it and i just want to reinforce one of the key things that i feel like gets missed is that law of reciprocity is true and you don't have to receive from the person that you're giving yes. to. In fact, you normally won't. Yes. You normally will not. And I think that's where we make it funky because we feel like, oh, I gave so much to that person and what have they done for me? And it's yeah. it doesn't matter what that individual has done for you because law of reciprocity is about energy and it's yeah. universal. And it's more about you and God and you and universe and you as part of this ecosystem
0: than it is you and another person yep yep and and to add to that i love it i agree if you are concentrating on one person and whether or not that person gave back to you you don't have enough people in your community yeah there should be so many people in and amongst your network that you don't even freaking know who you're giving to or who's getting or where you're getting from that it's how robust it needs to be Mm -hmm. that is how wide and thick your pipeline needs to be and Mm -hmm. if you're concentrating on those one or two people girl yeah
1: totally i what you're saying is to me the embodiment of the shift from lack mindset to abundance mindset yeah whenever we're focusing on the one person and getting clingy around it that is lack mindset I need this one person to do something and that's no. Yeah. (laughs) No, think bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And trust. Yeah. Okay. I selfishly want to ask you a question because I just launched two memberships and I've never had a membership before. What do you think are some of the keys to success within your very robust membership?
0: Number one rule on my side is it's not mine. Mm. it's ours love that although you will every once while so hear me say thank you for a compliment on it or whatever yeah. it always goes back to it has absolutely nothing to do with me mm-hmm. because yes and if the women didn't trust me if the women didn't believe if the women didn't care they would never join and if they didn't join then i would have nothing so i always speak in we's i always speak in us and it's ours and i really think that is what has catapulted us to where we are is me reinforcing that them seeing it through my actions and believing learning to trust falling into that trust and getting other women to to hang on Mm, yeah i love that people want to be a part of something yeah yeah they do
1: yeah and it speaks to just like the strength of the fabric of your community that it is clearly part of the ethos for you so thank you for sharing that for anyone who wants to connect with you learn more about your story
0: maybe join your community all that kind of stuff where can they find you My main website is Sabrina Victoria. Just my name, sabrinavictoria.com. You can find my community of her nation in there and all of my social media.
1: Wonderful. Sabrina, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your story. Do you have any
0: last parting words of wisdom? Everything's going to be okay. I think sometimes we get a little anxiety filled when we're living in lack and especially since you're platform here is money-based i'm assuming that people come to you because they're feeling that so yes connect with individuals like emily and everything's going to be okay absolutely
1: thank you so much sabrina thank you so much to everyone listening and we will talk to you soon bye okay i hope you all love that as much as i did And definitely tag Sabrina at Sabrina Victoria TV on Instagram. Tag me at MakesMoney. Makes Money. Let us know that you listened and let us know what your key takeaways were. Here are mine. Number one, you can always rise from the ashes of any situation and choose to find the silver lining, find the part that made you who you are, even if you would never, ever want to repeat those circumstances. Number two, we can build epic skill sets from less than ideal circumstances and from straight up trauma responses. It's like that work ethic came from a trauma response and yet it's serving her so well in her business. And I look at being in a neogram three, where it's all about achievement and figuring out what other people want from you and doing that. And it's like, That is a total like survival skill response. And there's the bad side of it, which is just straight up people pleasing. But in a way, it's good that I can read people and figure out what they want from me and what their desires are. Like that is a good skill to have. Takeaway number three, law of reciprocity, baby. When we understand that and we understand the energetics behind that, everything changes. Takeaway number four, if you are focused on one person, you are not thinking big enough. So shifting from lack mindset to abundance mindset and making sure that if you're a business owner that you are strategically building your business to where your pipeline is robust enough that you are not focused on the one person. And takeaway number 5, how can you be a better human? How can you human better? I love that inquiry that Sabrina brought forward, humaning better. And it's just a nice invitation for all of us, like not from a place of you're wrong or you're not doing enough, but just genuinely being curious for ourselves. How can we human better? So thank you as always for tuning into the show. And I will talk to you again next week. Listeners like you have made this a top 25% global podcast. So thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share this show with someone you love. I always appreciate listener feedback. So feel free to slide into my DMs on Instagram at money as well. And if you want to explore hiring me as your money healer and business mentor, check the links in the show notes to explore or head to explore.emilywilcox.com. Until next time, I'm sending you all the Magic Money vibes.